Okay. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, we come to you early today on a Thanksgiving Monday here in Canada. Uh, I know a lot of our American viewers and listeners uh, are going like, what the hell's going on? Why are they talking Thanksgiving in October? But uh, we celebrated a little early. I guess probably our harvest was sooner and uh, we wanted to get together with the big uh, turkey dinner uh, a little bit spaced out from Christmas. Uh, so uh, we're having our long weekend this weekend. Uh, I probably will, won't be having turkey this year, for, unfortunately, but I'm sure you will. Uh, have you already had some turkey, Jason? Yes, had turkey on Saturday, which was awesome. And I'm about to have more today, which has necessitated us doing this earlier today. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Do you have your uh, Tupperware all stacked up right by the front door, ready to go? Yes, it is by the front door. It was the first thing I put there this morning. <laughs> Can't forget it. Can't forget nice, it. Nice, nice. Well, uh, you know, this is kind of a historic day. Uh, we are going to be reunited on the job site tomorrow. Uh, first time in a few years. Uh, looking back uh, on many years, uh, this is going to be great. Uh, I've been super anticipating this moment and uh, we're finally going to be reunited, uh, not only during this, during the, the week, but we get to be uh, working together uh, a full 60 hours a week now uh, going forward. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. Like I, it has been a long time since we've, 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 we've partnered up. And since now that we're doing this again, and I, I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Fun. Yeah, well, we, we love talking sports. And I always, when I decided I wanted to do a podcast, uh, I thought you were the perfect guy to uh, bring on. Because, you know, when we start talking sports, we could talk about it all day, all week, all month. Uh, so uh, we're always having fun talking sports. I can't wait to start, uh, yeah, seeing you face to face, not having to just text with you all through the week. Uh, we get to do this. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, it's such an amazing team that I'm part of. Uh, it, it sort of brought me out of semi-retirement, let's say, uh, going back and working with this team. I'm glad uh, you're joining us because you've worked with uh, pretty much all of these guys as well. And um, I know that's the main reason you're coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those guys are great. I, I consider that my crew, my team. And uh, obviously, I'm glad to have you guys aboard and have you aboard it's, it's going to be a good season it'll be a yeah. really good season yeah no it's going to be super fun uh, we've already had lots of great days lots of laughs uh, hard work but um yeah it feels great when uh, you look around at all the people that you're working with and you they, they're all your friends and uh, yeah it's so nice that uh, we can sort of combine teams uh, our team has been sort of on hiatus a little bit and we were kind of pushed apart to, to many other productions, but uh, it's nice that a few of us can be put back together and working with your team. Uh, this is like a super team. Uh, if, you know, look out, uh, nobody else is going to be able to compete with uh, the talent level of this team. Yes, yes. We, we, we do actually have a very talented bunch for sure. And, and, and now that I'm there, now that I'm coming, it's just that much more talented. <laughs> it's just the icing on the cake nice nice <laughs> good point 
<laughs> okay, well, cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I know you have a, a lunch to go to or a dinner, early dinner to go to out in Abbotsford today. So we'll get at this and uh, send you on your way, uh, you lucky dog. Uh, all our family, all my family and uh, girlfriend Lorraine's family are out of town. So uh, no turkey for us from the family. So uh, I guess feel a little extra sad when you're uh, chomping down <laughs> tonight on your second turkey dinner of the weekend? I'll, I'll try. I'll try. That, you know, I'll probably forget after the first bite, but I'll try. I'll try. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Good, good. Okay, well, uh, lots, lots to talk about this weekend. Uh, week five in the NFL. Oh, man, a ton of amazing games and a lot to shake down. Uh, we got a Monday nighter tonight between the Baltimore Ravens and the Indy Colts. Uh, Ravens coming in at one and uh, three and one and Colts coming in at one and three. Uh, some people are calling for the Colts to win this game. I'm quite surprised. Uh, I think um, this should be Baltimore's quite easily. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think uh, with uh, with Lamar Jackson, Action Jackson back there in the backfield, like he can control the game pretty quick and pretty immediately. So I, I, I I'm, I'm kind of gi I'm giving Baltimore. Uh, the edge in this one for sure. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson's 33 and eight as a starter. He can tie Dan Marino for the best record before the age of 25 tonight. If he gets the victory, um, Carson Wentz um, has had those two sprained ankles. Uh, they say he's uh, a lot better than he has been, but um, if he's still not 100%, uh, two sprained ankles with a quarterback, uh, not a good recipe for success. No, no. It's a horrible recipe. <laughs> he can't move. His ankles suck. You know what I mean? So um, I, I, I look, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how he moves out there uh, after getting trying to get over these, uh, those particular injuries because uh, – it's very hard to recover from two sprained ankles, which was, it's still, it's still very weird for me to even say that the yeah. guy has two sprained ankles. <laughs> yeah. You would, you'd think he wouldn't be able to play at all, but um, he's out there and uh, they're, they're trying their best. Uh, okay. Well, uh, kind of a sloppy week, a lot of mistakes. I think there was about, uh, there was 12 missed point after attempts, many, many missed field goals. There was five missed field goals in overtime and uh, the fourth quarter in overtime in the Cincinnati uh, Green Bay game. That was insane. What a crazy game that was. Um, the, the big marquee matchup of the weekend was the Sunday nighter with the Chiefs and the Bills. And a lot of people uh, were picking the Chiefs, thinking that uh, they could pull this together. But the Bills uh, flexed their muscle. And really proved that they uh, probably are the class of the AFC now, uh, putting the Chiefs still down in the basement of the West Division. And uh, at two and three, um, quite the shock uh, where the Chiefs find themselves and the Bills at four and one. Uh, that was a real telling game, I thought. They dominated them on everything. <laughs> like in every aspect of that game, the Chiefs were not better than the Bills. They, they just weren't. Even when um, when 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 Allen was scrambling out of the pocket, he was still finding receivers sometimes wide open <laughs> down the field. Where yeah. you're like, wait, 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 is there supposed to be a safety over top, or isn't there supposed to be like a quarterback 
somewhere near the vicinity of some of these receivers. Yeah. It was, there was some, there was some secondary breakdowns for sure on KC side. And uh, yeah, uh, the bills just brought it to them. They brought the wood man and they, they smacked them hard. Yeah. Obviously Josh Mahomes has been considered the best quarterback in the last few seasons, but uh, has Josh Allen really narrowed that gap? I think so. Like you just have to look at his body of work. The guy's been amazing so far this year and pretty much been error free for the most part as well. So Mm -hmm. I'd have to say that Allen so far, if you're talking about MVP candidates, he's, he's definitely in the talking. He's in the running. Sure. Yeah. Um, Josh Allen was a little bit of a gunslinger in his early first couple seasons, uh, threw a lot of picks, uh, really wasn't um, willing to throw the ball away or just run out of bounds and things like that. Uh, but um, this year he's making smart decisions, uh, not turning the ball over. Um, and uh, their defense is phenomenal. Number one offense, number one defense. That is the recipe for success. Uh, if you got the number one on both sides of the ball, um, you know, you can pretty much consider yourself a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, you, you dictate terms at all times, whatever, 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 whoever's on the field, whether it be your defense or your offense, you're always dictating what, what's going to happen in the game. So the Bills are in a very, they're in a beautiful place right now. Beautiful. Yeah. It's just lovely. <laughs> uh, obviously, that was sort of the marquee matchup everyone was excited for. But uh, I think the best game of the whole entire weekend was the Chargers and the Browns game. That was an all-time shootout. Uh, there was 43 points scored in the fourth quarter. The Chargers scored on their final five possessions to pull out the victory. Austin Eckler scored three touchdowns in that fourth quarter. Uh, another incredible weapon and um, they have risen themselves to the top of the AFC. And you said it so many times last year when they had those games where they were losing in heartbreaking fashion, you said, look out for this Chargers team next year. I think they're going to be able to turn this around and be one of the top teams. And, and you were bang on. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, no, man, I, you could see it. You could see that they're, they were on the cusp of something great. They just needed to learn how to turn that corner so that they could start winning these close games. And now we're seeing that they've turned the corner. And this is the result where they can, they can, play, they can, play, you at, they can play your game at any way that you want to play the game. So if you want it to be a shootout like with Baker Mayfield, well, <laughs> we got a full holster. You know, we're coming at you. And then yeah. they can have the shootout, man. Like it, unbelievable, unbelievable. I've yeah. been super impressed with Hebert's performance. Twenty-six of forty-three, three hundred and ninety-eight yards, four touchdowns. Yeah, incredible. And, and ran ran one in himself even to boot. So uh, yeah, that was that was such a fun game. I uh, I was actually trying to go out for some lunch. I was going to go to the bar and watch all the games on the big screens that I, I have a, a fun a favorite bar that I like to go to. Uh, but uh, I just thought, okay, once it sort of changes one way or the other, where I know who's going to win this game, I'm out of here. And I ended up having to stay to the very bitter end. I couldn't believe it. Uh, the, uh, the Browns seemed to really blow it at the end there. They had about a, a minute and a half when they got the ball back 
And uh, I think they, they wasted about 50 seconds on 12 yards. And then they just, um, you know, ended up having to throw a Hail Mary at the end. Uh, that was really weird because they were moving the ball so efficiently up until that moment. But uh, once the Chargers scored, they missed that two-point attempt. So it was only a five-point difference. It looked like uh, the Browns were going to be able to pull this out. But um, really, really bad finish for them. Yeah, it was a horrible finish because they, they were, like you said, their offense was moving the ball so effectively. And then all of a sudden, there's this crazy breakdown right when you need everything to be working as efficiently as possible at the end of the game. And, and, and so for me, I go, so what happened to the clock management? What happened to the proper plays getting into the, getting into the huddle in time for them to run the plays? Mm. Like there's, it's just a complete breakdown of some yeah. sort. And I, and I don't know why that happened. It shouldn't have happened, actually. It really mm. shouldn't have. Typical Cleveland, uh, you know, our whole lives, they've uh, shot themselves in the foot uh, so many times. But, uh, yeah, they, they really looked amazing uh, that entire game right up until that last minute and a half. Uh, but good for me. I'm a Chargers fan. Great to see them uh, top of their division, one of the best teams in the AFC. And, and uh, yeah, I can see them going far in the playoffs if they can keep this up. Uh, I want to blast through just a few games, and then we'll sort of go in depth more to the games. Uh, uh, let's talk about Tom Brady having his career best game at 44 years old. The only time that he's ever thrown for over 400 yards and five touchdowns in a game, which to me is like, what? Like, oh, yeah, almost every week I'm like, whoa, he broke another record. But, but this record, I didn't think that this was even something that was on the table still. Uh, how does he have his career game at this age? This is phenomenal. He doesn't make sense. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't logically make any sense to me anymore. Like, he just doesn't make any sense. So when I heard that that it was the first time he's ever thrown for four hundred yards and had five touchdowns, and I'm like, really, <laughs> really? He finally decided to do that now. Like you know, like it's like, oh, that's right. I haven't done that yet. put another put another notch on my belt another thing in the record books like holy cow yeah just i i I just can't believe it like we're talking about the greatest of all time and you know you would have thought out of the 350 games uh or so that he's played uh he would have done something like this but there have been five touchdown games but not with the 400 yards there have been 400 yard games but not with the five tds at the same time but this, this time, oh, yeah, let's just throw that up on the board. Uh, his weapons, uh, the weapons that he have is just phenomenal. Just Antonio Brown just lighting it up yesterday. Uh, man, he has just a plethora. Even with Gronk out, uh, man, they just uh, were unstoppable. They just keep coming at you, and they just keep coming at you in waves upon waves upon waves. So you got Brady, 30 of 41, 411 yards, five touchdowns. And then you got his receivers, Brown, seven receptions, 124 yards, two touchdowns. Oh, oh, wait, Mike Evans, six receptions, 113 yards, two touchdowns. Like, it just kind of keeps going on and on and on. Like at one point in time, the Dolphins thought to themselves, hey, man, we might have a chance here. We, we might just, oh, wait, wait. Okay, the game's over. <laughs> yeah yeah that interstate rivalry is one-sided right now that's for sure oh man uh, that was a, 
a beat down by the Bucks, and uh, they keep moving on. Uh, Tom Brady just spits in Father Time's eye and says, no, uh, you're not taking me down yet, buddy. Um, the there was uh, a lot of um, really wild things. Uh, one of the one of the crazy things that's happening on defense is Trayvon Diggs, Diggs from the Cowboys with six picks in five games, uh, setting a record and just continually being just phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal on defense. Yeah, yeah, uh, he has been ridiculous. Like out of the two brothers. And one is the receiver. You're thinking maybe that guy's actually has the better hands on the family, you know. And Trayvon has the better hands. Uh, the Cowboys were were spectacular in their win. Yeah, the other oh, night. Man. Yeah, definitely. Holy cow! Uh, New New England came back uh, down twenty two to nine. Uh, there was a really weird uh, fake punt by Houston that just turned the tide. New England won. Uh, that crazy game between Green Bay and Cincy we're going to talk about. Um, Detroit staying winless, uh, the only winless team in the N NFC, and their first 0-5 start since 2015, which sort of surprised me too because they seem to be near the bottom all the time. Uh, Philly having a great defensive effort. Uh, yeah, lots and lots and lots to break down today. Uh, we usually start, you and I usually start with the NFC West uh, why don't we start there again and talk about the only unbeaten team in the league. The Arizona Cardinals have just risen to the top. Uh, they squeaked out a win in this one, 17 to 10 over the Niners. But um, yeah, it doesn't matter when you see the standings. Uh, a win is a win. Uh, they pulled out the victory. A really good defensive stop really solidified this win right at the goal line on Trey Lance. Yeah, Trey Lance thought he would be the big man and just run it in. No, no, denied, denied at the one-yard line. Oh, that, was, that was a great stop by the Cardinals, and that just signified the start of, like, their dominance in that game. Like, that that was the difference maker, stopping him at that goal line stand. Oh, man, was it ever, yeah, phenomenal. Uh, uh, what about that catch by Rondale Moore? It was about five or six yards out of bounds. And he was still able to handle it, do the toe tap, and keep in uh, another plethora of weapons for Kyler Murray. That was one of the best catches you'll see all season. Yeah. Clearly. Like, he he was gracefully kept his toes in bounds and leaned out, fully outstretched to grab that ball. That was, that was one of the prettier passes you'll ever see. That was definitely some toe tag swag on that catch for sure. And, uh, and and Kyler Murray, hey, steady, 22-31, 239 yards, one touchdown. and, uh, and uh, But he had to rely on his guy, Hopkins, with that ridiculous catch over the shoulder, over his defender for the touchdown as well. Uh, the Cardinals are rolling. They're rolling. They're feeling yeah. themselves. DeAndre, uh, you know, phenomenal hands again, uh, one of the best receivers in football. Uh, he just passed his former teammate, Larry Fitzgerald, for the most uh, receiving yards uh, before the age of 30. And, uh, yeah, just it's incredible that they have Larry there for so many years. And then he just passes the torch to DeAndre. And then now Rondale Moore, uh, man, uh, yeah, it's uh, must be nice to be Kyler Murray and getting to have these targets to throw to. 
Yeah, especially when you consider last year Hopkins was just gift wrapped to him. It's like, oh, here you go. Here, here's Christmas come early. There you go, buddy. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I think about that all the time when I think of Hopkins. I'm just shocked. And you see how far Houston's fallen, and and uh, Hopkins is so lucky that he got out of there. Uh, there was a, a, a tough injury. Uh, their tight end, Max Williams, had a really tough knee injury. Um, it was really s- sad to see him carted off to the hospital. Uh, they, sh- I, I froze frame on it, and his knee was going sideways and backwards, uh, a, a, something that a knee is just not capable of doing. And uh, every single solitary teammate that he has came over and, and patted him on the shoulder pad on the head, said, you know, good luck, wish you well. Uh, he's a, a very loved guy, but uh, a big loss. Uh, having uh, such a huge weapon on at tight end, uh, looks like he'll be out for a while, if not the entire year. I, I would, I would say the entire year. <laughs> After I saw the replay, and it looked like his knee left his leg. Like, like that. That's what it looked like. I, it was. It was bad. Yeah. Really, yeah. really, really bad. So. Yeah, obviously we wish him wish him well. Hopefully a speedy recovery, but it's going to take time for him to come back. Um, and also too, you kind of always get a sense for a player like when you see their teammates come by, yeah. wish them well after an injury of that magnitude, and for the whole team to come over yeah. and wish that guy well. Well, obviously it just speaks to how important he is to the team. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I- the, the guy that was driving the cart just kept looking back and, oh, okay, more guys coming. No, I better wait. No, I'm not driving yet. And just constantly another flood of guys. Uh, you know, it was like all 53 guys from the roster and every trainer and every coach and, and even some of the opposing players on the other team were coming over. A, a super well-loved guy, and uh, we wish him nothing but the best uh, for sure. Uh, Trey Lance. Uh, you know, it's it's tough getting your first start, especially a few uh, weeks into it, um, not thinking that you're going to be playing, and suddenly Jimmy G goes down. He's thrown into the mix. Um, he He's dynamic, fun to watch. I think, uh, you know, eventually he's going to be a really good quarterback. Pretty good numbers. Uh, 16 for 89 on the ground, so uh, he's got the wheels. Uh, and he's got Debo Samuel, who's an, uh, another phenomenal talent, but um, just uh, not quite there yet. Uh, a rookie coming in trying to get his first win. Uh, no, not 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 against this Cardinals team. No, not against this Cardinals team. And you know, when you're a rookie, you, you, you're still trying to find your way, and he clearly is. Um, you know, it's good experience going forward, uh, being in battles like this of this nature. And uh, hopefully he learns from it and, you know, continues growing. Yeah. Uh, Buda Baker had a really great pick, and that guy's uh, super talented. He picked off Lance, and he had five tackles himself. So uh, the Cardinals play the Browns next Sunday in the late window, uh, 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 o'clock Eastern. Uh, The 49ers have a bye week off, so um, uh, hopefully they can uh, regroup. Uh, the other NFC West game that took place was on Thursday as the Rams improved to four and one, and they're just sitting one game back of Arizona as they beat uh, Seattle 26, 17 uh, Seattle sits uh, tied with San Fran down at two and three um, Matthew Stafford continued to his great play 
Uh, such an amazing trade for them. Uh, 365 yards and a touchdown. Tyler, Tyler Higby had that TD catch. Uh, Robert Woods had an unbelievable game. 12 catches for 150 yards. Uh, Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle had TD runs. And Aaron Donald was a, a big, big force on this game. He actually uh, ended up causing um, Russell Wilson's injury that forced Wilson from the game. And uh, Wilson had to have surgery, and he'll be out for uh, approximately four to six weeks. Um, but, uh, yeah, really good offensive showing by the Rams and uh, being able to win against Seattle, pushing them farther down the division. Yeah, very good win by the Rams. Um, and it just shows uh, – it just exposed more Seattle's flaws, personally, in this game. Like, they're just, their defense is just not uh, quite up to snuff. And then also, too, on the other side of things, when you look at the Rams' defense, they got some studs that can carry them. And I, I can't say the same for the Seahawks. They just don't have those sorts of players behind. And unfortunate for Russ, him get, get, getting that injury when he did, um, I, I think he might miss uh, he might miss next week's game or the week after uh, because of the the tendon injury to his middle finger, I believe. Yeah, yeah. There was a there was a description of everything that was wrong with his finger, and most of the words uh, never heard of before. Super <laughs> long, crazy words. I, I thought I'm not going to bother with most of them, but what it is is an extension tendon rupture and a fractured and dislocation of the joint. Uh, so uh, he had successful surgery to repair it. Quite the huge cast on his hand. I was really quite shocked at how big it was just for a finger, but uh, I guess they want to immobilize it. Uh, it wasn't working. It was just sort of flopping around like it wasn't really even attached. So um, yeah, the, you got to have surgery on something like that, especially that uh, you know, $200 million hand that he has there. Uh, uh, I bet you all Seattle, the whole entire organization was just holding their breath that uh, he'd be able to come through successfully, sur su surgery successfully. So, um, yeah, he can continue on this great career he's had. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, everybody's hoping with bated breath, you know, that everything goes well. And, and that obviously it did. But uh, now he's on the shelf. So, uh now steps in, uh, I, I guess, their backup Smith. Yeah. See what he can do. He actually looked pretty good, uh, I thought. Um, he uh, seemed to not look like a deer in the headlights. He was uh, engineering drive, uh, had a couple of TD passes, and uh, DK Metcalf was good as usual with a couple of TDs. But I, don't, I didn't think Geno Smith looked bad. It's his first start since 2017 with the Giants. But, uh, you know, I thought he looked capable so far. Yeah, he did look capable, and he gave them a chance. He gave them a chance to win. Unfortunately, they turned the ball over, but there was a chance there. And uh, as, as far as I'm concerned, if I'm the Seahawks, that's all I'm looking for with my this quarterback is as long as he can give us a chance to win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking about the Giants, uh, Geno Smith's last uh, team that he played for, the Rams go there to New York and play the Giants next Sunday. And the Seahawks play the Steelers. Uh, that's the Sunday nighter. So a um, little bit of a feature game there. Unfortunately, Russell Wilson won't be there, but let's hope Geno Smith can um, come in and play quite well and make a game of this. 
Uh, okay, let's switch to the NFC South. Uh, a very, very great division so far. Uh, the defending champions, uh, obviously, we we talked about a little earlier with Brady, four and one. Um, Dolphins uh, uh, got destroyed, forty-five uh, seventeen. Uh, we we mentioned a, a bunch of things with with this uh, TB team. Uh, Brown, uh, man, like. 124 yards and a couple touchdowns. Evan with a couple touchdowns. Uh, Leonard Fournette was great. Godwin, Giovanni Bernard, uh, just on and on and on. Uh, Jacoby Brissett played pretty good. Uh, Miles Gaskin was his favorite target. 10 catches, 74 yards and a couple touchdowns. Even had five rushes for 25 yards. Uh, but they just don't have enough weapons to compete in this uh, in this type of matchup. No, 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 not, not nearly enough re- weapons at all. Like they're just overmatched. And, and the funny thing is the Bucks are missing Gronk. They didn't really miss them, but they're missing Gronk. Yeah. So I yeah. guess you could say they went easy on the Dolphins. Um, <laughs> and then Brown, uh, fastest receiver to 900 receptions. Nice. Even with all his uh, problems that he's had, still the fastest receiver to 900 receptions. So congratulations to him. Yeah, incredible. He is uh, an amazing talent, and that's why Brady's given him a couple opportunities to come back and play with him. I know, you know, he considered him one of the best receivers in the league, and uh, most of the league had given up on Brown with his troubles uh, off the field. But um, yeah, he's uh, behaved himself here, and uh, he's sh- still showing his incredible talent. He's yeah, he's such a force. That one touchdown run where he got the ball in a bit of traffic and just. Uh, left them all in the dust. Uh, he's still uh, so speedy. Yeah, he's still got wheels, man. The guy's still fast. That it he he really hasn't lost too much yeah. in his uh, more as he's getting older. Hasn't lost too much at all. Uh, the Thursday nighter has the Bucks playing Philly. Um, that'll be uh, a fun matchup. Uh, Philly's getting better. Jalen Hurts is looking good. Philly's defense is good, uh, and the Dolphins. Uh, they go for to London actually, and they play the uh, early game, uh, six thirty a.m. Pacific, nine thirty Eastern time against the Jags. So uh, Phillies should be able to continue the Jags' uh, losing streak that sits at twenty games now. So uh, Philly must be licking their chops, being able to go across the pond to London and uh, take a victory. Oh yeah, of course. It's like oh the the helpless Jags. This is gonna be great. It's going to be a great game. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, now uh, st- still in the NFC South, the uh, Saints improved to 3-2 and two with a 33-22 win over Washington. Uh, Jameis Winston had four touchdowns a game. Uh, Alvin Kamara had a touchdown on the ground and one through the air. Uh, Marcus Callaway had two TDs, and Deontay Harris had the other one um, on a really amazing 72-yard uh, catch and run. Um, yeah, Saints are looking good. Uh, I think Winston is finally uh, putting it, it together, not making a lot of mistakes. Uh, they're not giving him a ton of um, action. He's not throwing the ball a lot, but uh, when he is, he's uh, really finding his targets well. He's picking his spots. He's picking his spots when, when to get the ball downfield, and uh, he's, he's been finding success in doing that. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, Taysom Hill got did get knocked out of the game with concussion, and uh, hopefully he can be back uh, for their next game. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. 
uh, with uh, the Washington side of the ball. Antonio Gibson led the way. He had 20 carries, only 60 yards, but a couple touchdowns. Uh, Taylor Heineke, uh, you know, still in this growing pain stage. Uh, he threw a couple picks. Uh, he threw 248 yards, uh, didn't throw a touchdown, a couple picks, and he was uh, five rushes for 40 yards on the ground. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't think Washington's quite pull, pulled it together enough to be uh, a competitive team at the top of any division. And uh, we'll, we'll see um, as, it grow, as it goes on this year. Uh, I think they're just uh, in the rebuilding stage. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you on that. I believe they're in the rebuilding stage. And then plus with uh, some of the odd stuff that's been going on with the team, apparently there was a DEA raid the other yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a thing now. So they got a lot of stuff that's not football related going on with the team. That's a distraction. So I, I, I just don't I don't expect much out of the Washington team this year. True. Yeah. Uh, the Saints have a bye week this week coming up and Washington hosts the Chiefs, which will be a, a very, very tough test. Um, I'm sure Kansas City's a little angry, a little ready to beat up on somebody. So uh, look out, Washington football team. Um, Carolina uh, Panthers were upset by Philly. Uh, it was quite the defensive effort by Philly. They had three picks, three sacks. Uh, they were uh, and four, four takeaways in the entire game. They really um, beat, beat up on Sam Darnold and the Panthers, and they won 21-18. Uh, Darius Slay had uh, two picks, that veteran corner. Um, really had a phenomenal day and Jalen hurts a couple touchdowns himself. Uh, yeah, not a, not a phenomenal game, but uh, great to see uh, Philly be able to come back and get a big victory. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was good because uh, they, they discovered for themselves that they can win a close game like this. And then hurts ran for two second, uh, second half touchdowns, right. To, to get them back yeah. into the game and get them to win that they needed battled back from down by 12 points. So it was a gutsy, uh, gutsy performance by the Eagles. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, for Carolina, Chuba Hubbard uh, had a career best 24 carries for 101 yards, five catches for 33. Uh, great to see the Edmontonian uh, having a great game uh, in place of uh, McCaffrey <laughs> and uh, yeah, given, getting a lot of opportunities to show what he has. Yeah, and it, it's it's fantastic that he's getting the opportunity because he's showing that he's a very good NFL player. Um, he doesn't get the, these opportunities usually because McCaffrey is just so incredibly stellar. So now that uh, he has the chance to step up, he is stepping up to the best of his ability. There's a, a phenomenal documentary that uh, TSN is showing uh, right now quite frequently. It's called Northern Ties. I don't know uh, if they'll continue to show it um, on loop, but uh, it's been broadcast on a few times over this weekend. Um, if you get a chance, Jason and our viewers and listeners, uh, check it out. It's uh, focusing on, on Chase Claypool, Chuba Hubbard, and, and um, one of the defensive guys, um, name escapes me right now, but uh, really great to see how uh, crucial a lot of these Canadians are becoming. Uh, Chase Claypool had a phenomenal game. We'll talk about that in a sec, but um, yeah, I really recommend it, Jason. A great watch. Yeah, well, I, I've heard very good things about it, and it just goes to show that the uh, Canadian talent is—we're uh, getting better. 
at uh, our high higher end talent at getting into these leagues, especially the NFL. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Philly plays on Thursday against Tampa Bay. It should be a great game. And Carolina hosts Minnesota on the early wind of Sunday. Uh, Atlanta looked really great on offense, uh, beating the sad sack Jets 27-20 in London. Uh, you must be uh, happy to see Matty Ace on fire. Uh, Kyle Pitts finally breaking out, having his best game as a rookie. Um, yeah, really nice to see Atlanta put it together against the Jets, but it's a win. A win's a win, and you can get some confidence even from this. Yeah, it, a win's a win. But, you know, like the, the, the Falcons did have a 20 to 3 lead coming into halftime, and then the score was only 27 20. So, a little bit worrying, a little bit worrying, but hey, hey, the, the, the Falcons managed to get one. Um, Ryan, 33 or 45, 342 yards, two TDs. And then Pitts with nine receptions, 119 yards, one TD. Like you said, best game so far of the season for him. Hopefully, there's more of that to come from that young man. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, Hurst had a touchdown. Mike Davis had a TD run. Uh, Zach Wilson had another off day. Uh, he had a win last week, but um, just didn't really look comfortable in this one. Uh, this is the first game of a few in London this season. Uh, there'll be a game coming up in London this coming weekend. And uh, because of the long travel across the pond, the uh, Falcons and the Jets are uh, both off this week. Uh, so they get a chance maybe to visit a few sites in, uh, over there and then come back in and refresh uh, for the uh, remaining part of their schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll take the advantage of, you know, being on a somewhat of a vacation, do some sightseeing before they have to come back over here, yeah. get back into the game. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, let's switch to the NFC East. Uh, we've already talked mm. about Washington and Philly, uh, but uh, let's talk about the Cowboys who remain on top of the division uh, four and one beating up badly on the giants uh, who fell to one and four uh, 44 to 20, another massive offensive explosion for this Dallas team. Um, but the giants, my God, uh, they lost their quarterback, their top running back, top receiver, uh, all in this same game. Like um, how, how does any team win? Uh, when they lose uh, those three guys uh, off a roster. Uh, I have some updates on their injuries, but um, yeah, this was a beatdown. but you got to give Giants uh, a little bit of a pass when they lose those three top guys. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, they, They're going to have it tough going forward when you lose all your, pretty much your top-end talent on your offense. Um, Jones got knocked out with a concussion as he was kind of driven into the turf off a tackle. Yeah, his bell was rung. He was not walking right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be keeping updates on him. And then Barkley with ugh, nasty ankle injury. Yeah. Nasty. I, I saw the picture of what it looked like outside of, the, outside of his cleat. Did not look good. <laughs> did not look good Man, at all. Man, did it ever balloon up fast, eh? Holy cow. There was a, a big lump on the side of his ankle. Yeah, it was it was huge. It was nasty. Like, I don't know. I look at that that ankle and I think to myself, there's no way that he can play the next game for next week. Like it looked that bad. Like it looks like he might be out for a couple of weeks. 
Yeah. And uh, Kenny Galladay had a knee injury. They say it was a hyperextension, so nothing too serious, but um, definitely couldn't uh, couldn't play the rest of the game. Tried and wasn't able to. Uh, but the Cowboys um, just still rolled up on them. Uh, Dak had 300 yards passing with three touchdowns. Uh, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Ezekiel Elliott uh, had those. Uh, Zeke had another 21 carries for 110 yards and a TD on the ground. Um, yeah, this offense looks like it's clicking on all cylinders and with a really good defense as well. Um, look out. Uh, these Cowboys are uh, no joke. Um, I think they're a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, the, the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? We, we haven't heard that for quite some time. So hopefully the Cowboys can continue on this uh, on this trek up. In, the, in their division and keep winning. Um, so we, we shall see if they can continue on their winning ways. But uh, so far, so good for the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if this crossed Dak's mind at all this week, but it was 364 days since he had his horrific injury. Same stadium, same opponent, uh, one day away from, uh, from a year exactly. Uh, I wonder if that crossed his mind at all this week. It may have. It may have briefly crossed his mind, but also, too, probably what else crossed his mind was the fact that he really wanted to win against these guys because they knocked him out of the game last time they played. So he, he, wanted, he wanted some sort of vengeance, and he got it. He got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it uh, looks like uh, Mike Glennon now has the reins at QB for the Giants. Uh, he threw a couple picks. Looked not bad, but with those two interceptions, that was uh, really bad. Devontae Booker took over for Saquon Barkley. He had 16 for 42, a touchdown on the ground, and three for 16 and a touchdown through the air. Uh, Kadarius Toney had a really phenomenal game, 10 catches for 189 yards, but he got kicked out of the game because he uh, threw a punch, and uh, they booted him. So uh, who knows if that's uh, suspension-worthy or not, but – um, yeah, you can't be doing that when you're, uh, you know, the top receiver and you're having a career day. Um, yeah. Getting yourself booted out of the game. Isn't a, isn't a wise move. No, no. The coaches usually frown upon that. They usually frown upon that. So he, he probably had a talk to after. So hopefully he can keep his emotions in check for the next game. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Dallas goes to new England. Uh, 125 Pacific time, 425 Eastern time on Sunday. And the Giants host the Rams in the early window on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, but uh, I think it's a lost year in New York. Uh, but the Cowboys are the class of that division by far. Uh, the final division we have to cover in the NFC is the North. Uh, the Packers lead at 4-1. and one. Chicago's 3-2. and two. Mini 2-3 two and three in Detroit. The lone winless team in the conference at 0-5. Uh, this game, uh, Green Bay and Cincy, uh, it was basically who can finally make a field goal to pull out this win, 25-22 in overtime. I've uh, never seen Mason Crosby have that tough of a game. He missed three consecutive field goals, uh, two in the fourth quarter, one in overtime. And the Cincy quarter uh, kicker, Evan McPherson, missed his only two attempts uh, to just make this game go on and on and on and on. 
And then finally, Mason Crosby is the hero hitting a 49 yarder in overtime to win it. But um, crazy, just bizarre how many chances both teams had to win. And uh, it finally comes down to the end. Well, it's, it's almost like they were both teams were trying to find an excuse to lose this game. <laughs> the, the kickers just couldn't make a couldn't make a field goal. It was very funny to me uh, uh, post game where they asked the Aaron Rodgers, "So were you confident?" He goes, "Yeah, sure, I was confident." <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, but uh, you know what? Eventually, Crosby being. Uh, being the veteran that he is, finally came through and won the game for uh, for the Packers. And uh, would you look at that? Packers are sitting pretty ever since that debacle from the first week. Oh man, so 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 much worries, so much worries going on. No, not really, not anymore. I know, I know. I, I can't believe how people overreact after the first weekend. It's like, oh my God, Aaron Rodgers hates his whole team and he wants to leave so bad that he's tanking the year and. All this just absolute crap. And they've won yeah. four in a row now, and they're looking absolutely phenomenal. And the other person that's looking phenomenal is Devontae Adams with his career high in yardage. Uh, he has had so many monster games. I can't even believe this is his career high, but uh, 206 yards and 11 catches and a touchdown. Uh, is he the best receiver in football now? He's got to be right up there. He's getting close, man. Like he's he's having these games where you know that the defense is keying on him, and he still has games like this. Eleven receptions of a two hundred sixty yards. Like that's that's ridiculous. And the defense is keying on you, and you're still able to do this. So he's got to be in the top three. I'll give him that. Yeah, man, is he good? Uh, Aaron Jones, another phenomenal game. Uh, Fourteen for one hundred and three for seven and a half yards average on every run. A.J. Dillon also was great, uh, 8 for 30 on the ground and 4 for 49 through the year with a touchdown. Uh, Joe Burrow uh, had a pretty decent game. He did throw a couple picks, and he actually ended up going to the hospital. He had uh, some kind of throat contusion. Uh, I guess um, they would probably just went for precautionary reasons, but it's never good when your quarterback leaves the game and goes to the hospital. No, no, it's never good. It's kind of concerning. And I guess uh, all of a sudden he had a very raspy voice from this throat contusion. He could barely speak. But uh, they're hoping that uh, this is this is just a minor thing and that he'll be over it quite quickly. Yeah. Uh, I like Cincy's team. Uh, Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Burrow's uh, former teammate in college, had another great game. Six catches, 159 yards, and a touchdown. Joe Mixon had one on the ground. And Samajay P. Ryan also uh, caught a touchdown pass. Um, since he now sits three and two, uh, Burrow's, Burrow's a talent. Uh, hopefully um, this, uh, you know, throat problem won't be rearing its ugly head. But, uh, man, that was a crazy game. I, I watched uh, pretty much the whole thing, and uh, I couldn't believe it. It seemed like they wanted to tie in the end. Uh, not quite there. Uh, finally, Crosby comes through and gets it the 15 year veteran uh he doesn't miss very often he missed an extra point and three field goals in this game not sure what the biggest problem was maybe the wind was blowing pretty bad there but um yeah that was a a, a crazy game uh green bay goes to chicago and plays another nfc north uh 
game next weekend. And since he goes to Detroit uh, to play those winless Lions, um, the Bears uh, had a, a nice victory over Vegas. Um, a defensive struggle in this game. And Justin Fields uh, wasn't called on much. But um, Chicago's uh, defense really pulled out this win and had uh, uh, Derek Carr in a lot of trouble. He was sacked a few times. Chicago leads the league in sacks with 18. Uh, Khalil Mack was uh, amazing again. Uh, Seven tackles, a sack, and he was just all over, all over the quarterback there, Derek Carr. Um, Yeah, the Bears – you know, they don't have to do a ton on offense if they have that great of a defensive effort. Yeah, and, and it, it just takes the pressure off of their rookie quarterback fields so that he knows he doesn't actually have to do too much. He just has to manage the game properly enough for them to get, get the win, which is what he did. 12 of 20, 111 yards, uh, one touchdown. And, uh, yeah, uh, Bears look good. Defense looked better against the Raiders. The Raiders should be a little bit worried now after dropping two straight. Yeah, they should be. Yeah, uh, They had a, a phenomenal performance from Denzel Perryman. He had 10 tackles, two assists. Uh, he was just acquired on September 1st from Carolina. Uh, played really, really good. Uh, most of the talk coming out of this game, though, was about John Gruden, who's in a bit of trouble for some emails that he had wrote uh, in 2011. Uh, he has apologized, uh, saying that um, these things have been taken out of context a little bit. He doesn't remember all the details that went into why he wrote this, but uh, he insists they weren't racist remarks. Um, he said he, um, yeah, he was just trying to be funny a little bit, and it obviously was, didn't turn out that way. But it's kind of weird that these are coming out 10 years later, and suddenly, uh, you know, a lot of um, bad light has been kind of shown on Gruden and he has to, um, yeah, answer to, to these, but I don't know how uh, 10 years later, suddenly they're coming out. Yeah. Well, I believe these came about like these emails came out because of the DEA investigation into the Washington football team. And then the email from that, that they saw, and that's why it came out from that. Um, So I guess I guess maybe this is a cautionary tale to anybody that's uh, part of the NFL or an NFL family. Um, watch what you say. You never yeah. know when these things can come back to you. Even if it is a private email, then all of a sudden something weird can happen and just expose you. And then before you know it, now you got a bad name. Your name is Mitsoli. Yeah, pretty weird, eh? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, don't put it in writing, even if it's a joke. Uh, if you're not a comedian don't <laughs> send out some stuff that can be uh yeah misconstrued and, and made you look really really bad uh okay so the bears host the packers another nfc north battle on early sunday and the raiders go to denver uh and okay so minnesota uh this is an, another nfc north battle uh minnesota kept detroit winless 1917 victory Heartbreak again for Detroit. They thought they had this game wrapped up. 30 seconds left, and Minnesota went down, kicked a 54-yard field goal to uh, close it out. And uh, Dan Campbell was uh, not exactly keeping it together in the post, uh, post-game post press conference. He was 
crying and crying and crying. Uh, he's taking this victor, this loss really hard. And uh, them being the uh, only winless uh, team in the conference, um, not a good look so far. Yeah, I was, I was kind of wondering, I'm like, why is he crying so much? Because he's got to know that he's going to lose more, like a lot more. Is he just going to cry for the rest of the season? Like, because maybe he is crying. Maybe that's why he is crying so much. Because he's going to cry for the rest of the season. And it's, I, I feel for the guy. I really do. Because it looked like they, they had a shot. Like, they were like, oh, my goodness. We're going to win. No, no. <laughs> with Greg Joseph stepping up and hitting a 54-yard field goal at the end of the game. And yeah. then that, and that's, all, that's, all, that's all it took. Matheson looked good, though. Um, the, the sub in for Dalvin Cook, since he's still out, 25 attempts for 113 yards rushing. He looked great. Yeah, no, he looks he, – he's amazing. Um, and another touchdown for him. And, uh, yeah, it must be nice to have those riches there. Justin Jefferson had a great game. Kirk Cousins was good. Um, that golf for Stafford trade is sure showing that Detroit made a huge mistake there. Uh, uh, it's it's insane the difference between the two teams and these organizations once this deal's been made. Yeah, where where Goff went to a team that Stafford's been dealing with this whole time, going, oh, okay, so this is what he had to deal with. <laughs> Oh, this is not good. <laughs> and then Stafford goes to the Rams and goes, oh, this is the team you had? Oh, this, this is great. I love this team. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible, man. Incredible. Uh, okay, so the Vikings go to Carolina to play the Panthers, and the Lions host the Bengals in the early window on Sunday. Okay, so uh, let's start off in the AFC with the West Division. Uh we talked a little bit about this crazy shootout with the Chargers and Cleveland. Um, is there more that you want to uh, more that you want to go over? I guess the only thing I want to talk about is is how Cleveland grabbed Austin Eckler and brought him into the end zone so that there would be a little extra time left, and that lost them the game because uh, they never uh, you know were able to get that TD uh, at the end. Uh, was that a was that a terrible move on their part or, or pretty smart, but just not non-execution at the end? I think, you know what? I'm going to go with, it was actually pretty smart. It's just that the execution was horrible at the end there because mm -hmm. they wanted to give themselves more time to score, obviously. And the fact that Eckler is just like, ah, I'm just going to keep messing around here and let the clock like run down. No, man. Actually, we're just going to throw you into the end zone so we get the ball back, <laughs> which is kind of funny because I've never seen that before. I've never seen a defense say, no, 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 get in here. <laughs> get in yeah, here. They, they just uh, threw them all in. Almost the whole entire team grabbed them and hucked them in the end zone. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, said you got another touchdown. That was his third of the quarter and uh, the victory points. Um, Cleveland, I think it's going to be – a really, really difficult team to beat uh, if they can keep this running attack going so well. Uh, both Chubb and Kareem Hunt had phenomenal games. Uh, they rolled up 230 rushing yards. Uh, time of possession in this game was 36-28 to 23-32 for the Browns. Uh, when you can uh, keep your offense on the field and just generate 
uh, long, long, long sustaining drives. You're going to wear down a defense. They definitely wear down the Chargers defense and uh, almost pulled out the victory with just a, an incredible rushing attack. This two-pronged attack is, is very, very, very difficult to stop. I'd, I'd probably say that that's the, probably the best two-pronged attack in the NFL. Chubb, uh, 21 attempts, 161 yards, touchdown. Hunt, 12 attempts, 61 yards, two touchdowns. Like, no, those guys, that, that is just something nice to know that you always have that in your back pocket. You have these two studs in the backfield that can get you touchdowns at any point in time in the game, yeah. for sure. Uh, Baker had a great game, uh, 305 yards, a couple couple touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, yeah, just uh, this team is, is good. I actually thought the Chargers were in really, really tough because – I think Cleveland's defense is much better than San Diego's, but, or I mean, uh, the LA Chargers, but uh, yeah, the, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think Herbert just uh, pulled it out with a, an incredible uh, 400 yards and four TD attack and Eckler, man, that guy's a great weapon to have. Um, I love their, their little uh, RPOs where they just look for him, find him out of the backfield, do a little toss to him. And then, once he finds some open field, he is so elusive and tough to bring down. Yeah, he's shot out of a cannon, and he's very strong. He's very strong. He's very hard of a man to bring down to the ground. So it's, uh, it's, it, it's nice that uh, the Chargers have, that, have him in the backfield and that Herbert can rely on him for dump downs and stuff. And Keenan Allen has been uh, such a force there as a receiver for many years, but now Mike Williams has – kind of emerged as the number one guy there uh, through running it through the passing attack. And he had another great game, a couple touchdowns, 165 yards. Um, yeah. His hands are great. And uh, there was one touchdown though. Like there wasn't anybody within 20, 25 yards of the guy. I don't know what happened there. There was a complete like breakdown in the secondary and he was wide open. Easy. One of the easiest touchdowns he'll ever score this season. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the Chargers go to Baltimore, uh, and Cleveland hosts unbeaten Arizona. So uh, that should be a great game uh, next Sunday. Uh, the Broncos, uh, they fall to 3-2 and two with a loss to Pittsburgh, uh, 27-19. Uh, the Steelers use Najee Harris and Chase Claypool as the top offensive weapons there. Big Ben was good, and Deontay Johnson had another good game. Um, Chase had a, a really great game and it's great to see him emerge as, uh, you know, such a, such a weapon and, and getting so much yardage for them. Uh, they, yeah, they, uh, you know, they're, they're so happy that they got the Canadian there. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, Claypool, five receptions, 130 yards, one touchdown. He played stellar, um, helped the Steelers snap a three game losing streak and Najee Harris, had, they actually had an effective run game, ground attack for this particular game, 122 yards off of 23 attempts for Harris. And uh, Roethlisberger was steady, 15-25, 253 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, the Steelers looked good. The big play came at the very end of the game. There was uh, 11 seconds left, fourth and goal uh, for the Broncos. And James Pierre got an interception to seal off the victory. Uh, Bridgewater had the marching. I was going to uh, try to punch it in, get a two-point conversion, and, and tie it up. But 
Um, what a massive, massive pick to um, solidify the victory. Yeah, huge pick, right time, right place. And uh, that's what cemented the win for the Steelers. Fantastic work. I think we're going to see Claypool even emerge even more over the next little while because they lost Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, he had shoulder surgery late last night and uh, will miss this entire season, they say. Uh, there was news that um, emerged uh, today that uh, he um, had you know, quite the serious so shoulder injury, but all of a sudden uh, they just announced about an hour ago that he had that surgery and uh, will be out the year. Yeah. Um, you could tell that whatever he did to his shoulder was quite serious because he was literally screaming out in pain. Yeah. So, and these, these NFL guys are super tough. So if they're actually screaming out in pain and he did something very, 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 very bad to his shoulder. Yeah. Don't know what it was, but yeah. Okay. So recap AFC West chargers on the top four and one Broncos and Raiders uh, at in second place, three and two, and the Chiefs at the bottom, two and three. Uh, Broncos host the Raiders in an AFC West matchup, and the Steelers host the Seahawks on the Sunday nighter, as we mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, so Kansas City, this is the first time starting two and three or worse since 2014, uh, last in the AFC West. And, um, yeah, we mentioned it off the top. Uh, Buffalo just beat them up, beat them up, beat them up. Uh, uh, Buffalo just, man, I, I couldn't believe how good they are on both sides of the ball. Uh, and they just they just looked far superior than Kansas City in, in so many ways. It, it was just like a complete reversal from the playoffs last year where KC was obviously the better team. Uh, and Josh Allen, better quarterback. Uh, yeah, it was it was crazy to see how much Buffalo has emerged and Kansas City has started to slide down. Yeah, um, Bills dominated them. They dominated them from, from the start to the finish. Um, like KC was there in the beginning, but not really. Um, you could just you could tell that the difference between the two teams, and especially when it comes to the defense. So um, Bills have their number right now, so to speak, uh, and and KC they. They, there is definitely now a difference in quality between the two teams. Yeah. Uh, one of the picks that Mahomes threw wasn't his fault. It went uh, directly through Tyreek's hands. Uh, and Tyreek has usually got to some of the most incredible hands in football. Uh, the other one, Gregory Rousseau, made an amazing play by jumping up, deflecting it to himself, and getting the pick there. Uh, so you can't really blame Mahomes on those two picks, but uh, it was an off night a, a little bit for him. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he didn't have his best night or his best stuff, uh, clearly against the Bills. Uh, but, uh, you know, with that being said, credit the Bills defense for making sure that to make it a tough night on Mahomes yeah. so that he did not have a good night. Yeah, well, it looks like Buffalo and uh, San Diego, I mean, L.A. Chargers are kind of the, the cream of the crop right now in the AFC. Uh, Buffalo goes to Tennessee for the Monday Nighter, which will be really, really fun to watch. And the Chiefs get to go to Washington and beat up on that football team they have down there with no nicknames. So, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't cheer for Washington. I actually sort of hope they get stomped on bad. So... Uh, maybe the Chiefs can, um, yeah, exact some revenge there and 
and get their third victory of the year. Yeah, yeah, I, I think a, I think a, a, a game against Washington will help soothe their wounds, so to speak, well, for the Chiefs going forward. Yeah. Okay, AFC North. Baltimore leads the division three and one, uh, hosting the Colts tonight, uh, Monday night. Or um, Ravens are favored over the one and three Colts. Um, I don't. Yeah, I just I don't see any scenario where the Colts win this game. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I think Baltimore is definitely the better team. I'm gonna have to agree with you. I I, I don't I don't see it either. I, I I believe Baltimore is the better team, and I think the the guy that definitely uh, makes the hugest difference, the biggest difference, is Lamar Jackson. So yeah. Uh, so far, um, the Bengals are in second place. Uh, after losing to Green Bay, three and two record, uh, the Browns also lost to the Chargers, three and two, and the Steelers, uh, with, with a victory, are now two and three. Uh, next week, Ravens host the Chargers, and Indy host Houston. Uh, should be a victory there. Uh, okay, Buffalo in the AFC East, uh, Buffalo sits atop four and one, New England second place, uh, two and three. Uh, the Pats beat Houston with a comeback victory. Uh, Mac Jones had a pretty good game and, uh, they were down early, uh, came back and, and beat Houston. Uh, Davis Mills had his best game of his career, 312 yards and three touchdowns, a touchdown to Chris Moore, touchdown to Chris Connolly. Uh, but they still fall to one and four on the year as new England made the comeback and, and got the win. Yeah, uh, the Texans are. Well, they tried. They 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 gave it their best shot, and it still wasn't good enough. So it's unfortunate for the Texans. It really is. Yeah. Uh, but Mac Jones looked great, man. Uh, threw the TD to tie the game, and then had the go-ahead drive so that folks could hit his 21-yard field goal for the win yeah. uh, against the, the Texans. So Jones had a great game. 20, 23 of 30, 231 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Um, and uh, he had Harris, 14 attempts on the ground for 58 yards and one touchdown. Uh, the Pats uh, the Pats won a close one. They won one of those that are hard to win, and they did it. They did it well. And the Texans, unfortunately, because of all their ills, they can still find ways to lose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, and as I mentioned, uh, Houston goes to Indy next week. Uh, New England hosts the Cowboys. Uh, okay, now just to finish off, uh, we'll cover the uh, AFC South. Uh, Tennessee Titans lead the division at three and two. Uh, they kept Jacksonville winless with a 37-19 victory. Uh, Derek Henry, the best running back in the game, in my opinion. Uh, another three touchdowns, 29 carries for 130 yards. Um, man, he is just... Every week, we just have to talk about what a force he is. Uh, must be nice for Tannehill to be able to just turn around and hand the ball to Henry all the time, and he just chugs up the yardage. Yeah, yeah, just to hand it back to this huge hulking monster that's behind you. Yep, that's pretty cool. Um, and so far, throughout five games, he has uh, he's amassed 640 yards for Henry, and that's – that's pretty, pretty good. Pretty, yeah. pretty good. <laughs> I, uh, I saw some statistics and the game log from his high school career. Uh, and he, uh, he put up 
uh, in one season, 4,267 yards. Uh, he scored uh, 55 touchdowns in, in 10 games. He got uh, one game, he had 45 carries for 510 yards and six <laughs> touchdowns. He had uh, 57 carries for 485 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, he scored six touchdowns on four occasions. His lowest, his lowest amount in his whole entire high school career was 43 carries for 189 yards and a touchdown. But most games, he got three or more touchdowns. He got three on one, two, three, four, four occasions, four touchdowns, five touchdowns, six touchdowns. He reached over 400 yards uh, on four occasions and 500 once. Uh, <laughs> it was it was awesome to see. It was it was just hilarious. Like you you saw some of the stiff arms that he's had in the pro game. He was just pushing kids down left and right. Uh, guys were saying like it wasn't fair. Like we did there was nothing we could do. Like it was just they he got the ball and we were like oh no we're in trouble. It was it was so shockingly awesome to watch. Yeah, I, I've seen some YouTube of him. Uh, here's the problem for the opponents. He was just as big as he is now in the NFL. Then <laughs> he was a massive kid. It was not fair. You can't just have a, a, a child who has the body of a grown man, not just any grown man, but an NFL player grown man body going up against kids his own age. Not fair. Yeah. Not right. And then on top of that, you just said one of them was like 58 carries. You know what that means? You know what the offense is? Here. Here. You're not even going to try to pass it. It, it. You know what's going to happen. You're just going to keep heading off. I know. Guy. That's the crazy thing. You know he's getting the ball, and you still can't stop him. Like, that yeah. is the shocking part of it. Yeah, it's it's so shocking. But it's like, well, what are you going to do? You, you, can't, you can't hurt him. You can't tackle him. You're just going to have to just let him just keep running into the end zone. I wanted to put it up on, on, on but I had computer troubles, but uh, I'm going to try to put it up on our site, but uh, this this one game blows me away. Uh, game number 10 in the season, 21 carries for 404 yards and six touchdowns. His average carry was 19 and a quarter <laughs> yards per carry. Like, he's almost getting two first downs on every carry. Like, holy crap, that's just 21 carries for 400 yards. Like, oh, man, it was it was awesome to watch. I, I'm, I'm going to try to put it up on our site and show everyone how uh, this was, uh, yeah, men against boys, even though they were the same age. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is uh, men against boys when you talk about him and his accomplishments in high school. Utter, utter, utterly ridiculous. It's so really amazing. Is. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, so uh, the Jags are uh, rocked. Uh, we, we talked about John Gruden uh, being a bit of a distraction there as the coach of the Vegas Raiders. Well, uh, you and I meant, I, I mentioned uh, Urban Meyer being a pretty big distraction last week when he decided to not take the team flight and go to some, uh, you know, establishment and got in a lot of trouble. Uh, now, <laughs> Uh, I guess there's more things coming out that uh, he's already lost the locker room. He's only been there for five games and uh, everybody supposedly hates the guy. Um, it's, it's, 
You think that uh, the Jags are, you know, sunk as low as they can with 20 losses in a row, but uh, this could get worse. Uh, could they fire a guy this quick into, I think he signed a three, four year deal and uh, they already uh, have consider. they're already considering firing the guy. That was quick. <laughs> that was their Urban Meyer phase, I guess. That, that's, that's how we'll remember this. It's like, oh, you remember the Urban Meyer phase? You remember that? It's like, oh, yeah, I do. I remember. I remember that. Yeah, man. Like, it, if it's that negative already, and for some of the stuff that he's already done, and now with the, the fact that it's come out that he's lost the locker room, didn't you just get there? Did you have a chance to even get the locker room? Yeah, man, not good. Not no, good. Crazy. If doesn't see something like turn around quick, either culture-wise for him or, or he tries to get back the room somehow. If none of those things happen, yeah, he's going to be out of a job soon. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, half-decent game, but um, just not enough. James Robinson had a career high with 149 yards and a touchdown. Dan Arnold finally emerged, uh, the new tight end there. Six catches, 64 yards, but um, 20 losses in a row. Uh, they host the Dolphins next week, and the Titans host the Bills on the Monday Nighter, which um, I've already spoken about, and uh, I think it's going to be a, a hell of a Monday Nighter. Uh, we're going to see, um, yeah, we're going to see Derrick Henry uh, up against that vaunted Bills defense. Uh, we'll see if um, they're, they're even able to stop them. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it, going to be a great game. And, yes, I, I do look forward to seeing the Bills D versus Derrick Henry. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, well, that's a wrap on the NFL for uh, this week. Uh, let's turn to some combat sports. I want to talk about the UFC card, which was uh, played very early on Saturday, so they would get out of the way of the boxing card that was taking center stage in Vegas and around the world. Um, the trilogy finally happened between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Uh, you and I uh, got to see the, the second fight together. Uh, that first fight uh, ended very controversially. Everybody thought that Fury had won until he suffered that late knockdown. Uh, but um, this one lived up to the billing. Uh, most of these super fights do not. Uh, you're anticipating them so much, and you think this is going to be the fight of the year, fight of the decade, fight of the century. But this one actually lived up to the billing and might have been the greatest heavyweight fight we've ever witnessed, heavyweight title fight. Uh, 11th round KO. Finally, uh, Tyson Fury puts a stamp on his dominance and superiority even though he got knocked down twice in the fourth round and looked in a lot of trouble, uh, he still got up, had the heart and uh, fight of a champion and, and uh, beat Deontay Wilder. Um, man, what a fight, man, man, man. I, I couldn't believe how epic of a battle this was. It was an epic battle. Unfortunately, I only saw the highlights. I didn't see it in time. So I, at some point in time, I will be sitting down during this week and watching the fight myself. But, uh, yeah, by all accounts, epic fight, epic heavyweight battle. Um, and it kind of went the way that the first one did, at least for Wilder, with early knockdowns and fury. And so then you, you thought to yourself, oh, my goodness, Wilder could get. But fury is super tough. <laughs> and he's able 
I think I want to say this. He's literally the only boxer that has ever gotten up after a Wilder knockdown. Yeah. It's only him. And yeah. nobody else has ever done. Wilder has knocked down every single solitary opponent he's ever had. And Fury is the only one that's ever got up. And uh, he's been knocked down three times by Wilder and got up every time. Uh, yeah, super impressive performance. Uh, you mentioned a bit of a meme that you saw uh, when we were talking post-podcast, I mean pre-podcast. Uh, tell our viewers and listeners about this funny meme that came up. Well, basically, it was a, it's just a picture of Tyson Fury joining a pool party. And uh, the meme just says, this, this is the body uh, of of an alpha male, of a pinnacle athlete. And if you don't believe, if you don't believe me, just ask him, he'll set you straight. <laughs> and because it, it absolutely is, because you can't beat that guy in boxing. Oh, you definitely can't beat that guy in boxing. No, six foot nine, 277 pounds, um, coming in heavier every single fight. Uh, and uh, I was impressed by the look of Deontay Wilder. I've never seen him so muscular. I've never seen him look in such great cardio shape. Uh, I thought this was a, going to be a big advantage for him. I thought he might be a lot faster and have that power as well. Uh, he looked really good early on, but uh, that extra 40 pounds, uh, a lot of the clinch work that uh, Fury was putting on him, I think it really wore him down. Uh, also, his trainer has uh, divulged that he did break his hand at some point through the fight. He said he has a broken hand, broken finger or knuckle. He was pointing to a point on his finger. Um, uh, they threw out a huge amount of excuses after that second loss. Um, I, don't, I don't know. We're going to see what, what emerges from x-rays and different things, but uh is this just more sour grapes excuses the why they lost of course it is hey come on man like you know sometimes as a fighter yes it stings when you take the loss but you there's there's certain ways to take a loss with grace that is not taking the loss with grace that's not taking the loss at all that's just sour grapes as far as i'm concerned and yeah it's it's a boxing match you're gonna get hurt but is that the excuse of that's why you lost the fight? No, I think you lost the fight because the other guy was better than you. That's yeah. why you lost the fight. Uh, quite a bit of controversy as well at the end. Um, Fury went over to try to shake his hand and hug him, saying, you know, thanks for all these battles. And uh, Wilder was having none of that. He uh, sloughed off any kind of handshake, and he left in a really angry way. Um, a lot of people said uh, it was really poor sportsmanship on his part. Because it is. It's just like, yeah, he, he was upset that he lost and he wanted to bet. I get it. Yeah. He lost. And he lost a big match to the point that now it's going to affect his future earnings and his future opportunities. I yeah. get it. But at the same time, he still lost. So, you know, you can take the fight. You can take the loss with grace hug it out, be like, okay, we're good. Each of us are moving on. Apparently, he's going to have a hard time moving on from this particular loss. That's Wilder. So, uh, Fury goes down as one of the greatest champions of all time. Uh, what, what is the legacy of Wilder at this point? Ah, he, he's, 
still one of the best heavyweights in the world, clearly. But now he has this foil, this man that he can't beat. He can't beat this guy. So I, I think he'll still have a great legacy that he'll leave behind, except for the, the one blip in the chart, so to speak, which was when he bought Tyson Fury and couldn't beat him. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of great um, talk about some of the notable heavyweight knockout artists, George Foreman and Ernie Shavers, both had 68 knockouts in their career. Uh, Mike Tyson had 44 knockouts. Lennox Lewis had 32. Deontay Wilder has, has had 41 knockouts. 42, two and one is his record, but uh, yeah, just um, has run up against an immovable force. Uh, if you look at the two bodies, you would think, oh, uh, Wilder has definitely the advantage here. But the superior boxer, the superior fighter uh, is definitely Tyson Fury. And he cemented himself as that lineal champion. Um, I see him fighting this Alexander Usyk, uh, who is the WBA, IBF and WBO champion after beating Anthony Joshua. Um, do you think that's next for Fury? What a what a crazy fight. I think it should be next, personally, yes. I just, I look at the second, I, I think to myself, he'll definitely be disadvantaged in the size because he came up to fight Joshua from a lower weight division. And now he's literally going to fight, if they make that fight happen, the heaviest heavyweight uh, boxer in the division. And so, yeah, he, he would have to, they'll have to implement a sort of game plan so that they get away from Fury so he can't just lean on him the whole fight. Because then that's him carrying even more weight than, than uh, Wilder had to carry against Fury. He'd have to even carry more of his weight throughout the course of the, the entire boxing fight. Yeah, it's going to be super tough. Um, super, super tough. Uh, I was shocked uh, that Anthony Joshua lost because if he would have won, uh, the super fight between Joshua and Fury might have been the biggest fight in the history of man. Yeah, it was been massive. Would have been huge. Would have been huge. Uh, but now that's not happening. So instead, hopefully we get him in Usyk, and then maybe now, maybe what Wilder's next opponent should be should be Anthony Joshua. You make that fight now. Yeah. That would be great. Uh, I, I think it would be super massive still. Uh, there's only been really three notable lineal champions and uh, that were British-born in the, in the heavyweight division. Bob Fitzsimmons that goes back to 1897 and 99. Lennox Lewis, who had it twice between... Uh, 88, 2001, and 2001, 2004, and then Tyson Fury now. Um, yeah, it's uh, also an amazing card. I really recommend watching it all. Uh, I haven't seen a, a card that was just all heavyweights. Uh, throughout uh, the main card was all heavyweight fights. A lot of really talented top, top contenders, and uh, I thought it was pretty smart of them to put on just an all heavyweight clash card. Yeah, no, it's 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 brilliant because we just don't get to see the heavyweights nearly as much as what we used to. So it, it's nice to when the big boys take center stage and they stay in center stage. Yeah, amazing. 
Yeah, so fun. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for you to watch it, and I can't wait to hear your um, your takes on it after you have. Uh, it was it was really really phenomenal. Uh, I I loved it so much. After I got my boxing uh, certification for refereeing and judging, and it was uh, the course was conducted by Jack Reese, who was the referee in that first Fury Wilder fight. And uh, Jack Reese has been asked hundreds of times now about how he didn't stop that first fight after he saw the big tree of Tyson Fury hit that canvas and and have his eyes closed. By the time he reached his head, uh, Fury opened his eyes and started looking around and he he decided to give him a shot at it. Um, but uh, 99% of the people on the planet, if they were in the ring at the time, would have just immediately waved off their arms and, and called it just like it happened on Saturday night because it was almost being called just as Wilder was hitting the canvas. He wasn't giving them any more standing counts. Uh, he was calling them out. Yeah, yeah, he, he was calling them out. For that point in time, that was a good call out. But, you know, I the refs always have a hard time. They always have a hard time like trying to assess whether a fighter can continue or not. Uh, but uh, we know this about Fury. He's a different kind of fighter altogether because normal fighters, normal people, when they get a punch detonated on their skull like that, they don't wake up. They don't, they don't get up. Then nothing happens. But for him, instead, how he reacts is popping up like the Undertaker and getting back up like nothing happened, which yeah. is ridiculous in scope yeah super tough incredible yeah okay let's uh let's talk about the usc card uh not a super uh um you know top ranked card but a lot of uh a lot of great fights that ended up emerging from the usc card uh it was headlined by Mackenzie dern and marina rodriguez uh decision victory um, really great battle, uh, a clash of styles, the grappler versus the striker. And uh, Rodriguez uh, really um, emerged as a, a top, top contender. Yeah, yeah, Rodriguez. Here, here's the thing with this particular fight. It was your classic grappler versus striker. Literally, it was, it was that classic because once Dern was able to get Rodriguez to the ground, she dominated. Yeah. When Dern could not get her to the ground, Rodriguez dominated in the stand-up. And that was as clear-cut as day. That's the way the fight went. And as the fight went, I also noticed that Dern, Dern's endurance wasn't up to the same sort of par that Rodriguez's was. She got tired. And you could see that she, as she was getting tired, she was getting more and more sloppy with her, with her entries in to try to take her down. And so Rodriguez was actually having an easier time circling out and keeping distance away from Dern. Uh, great win by Rodriguez. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I look forward to seeing who she fights next up the ladder until she gets her title shot. If she keeps winning, she's definitely going to get a title shot. Yeah. Great takedown defense by her. Uh, that was definitely the key for her victory. And uh, uh, yeah, when she was keeping uh, at distance, uh, Really phenomenal striker, really, really tough. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I loved her performance. Uh, it looks like they'll probably switch positions. Uh, Dern came in number four ranked and uh, Rodriguez was number six. So probably they'll switch those positions and 
Um, yeah, he, she should be in a title shot picture with one more victory over a top opponent in that women's strawweight division. So uh, it was a fun, it was a fun uh, main event, uh, main, uh, main event of the card. Uh, the co-main uh, featured one of your favorite guys, rude boy, Randy Brown, fellow Jamaican uh, against a tough Jared Gooden. Um, Gooden had uh, a lot of uh, great strikes, but um, even though uh, Randy had this crazy toe injury, he still overcame it and, and got the big victory. Yeah, and he got that toe injury from the first front kick that he delivered to J Jared Gooden's chin, dislocating the toe, and then he had to deal with that for the remainder of the fight. So good on him to keep stay focused and win the fight. And also, too, Brown striking probably the best I've seen so thus far yeah. in his career. His yeah. striking was ridiculously on point. Um he dealt with the leg kicks well that Gooden was throwing to him as they were damaging. They were limiting his mobility, but he was still able to get the more significant strikes in this fight because he hurt Gooden numerous times throughout the course of this fight as the fight went on. Yeah. Uh, he uh, ended up with a career best strikes. Uh, he was a little mad at Gooden because Gooden missed weight by three pounds. Uh, he said he was really pretty frustrated with that. And, um, but the big, uh, the biggest thing that he wanted to talk about after was that his father was being able to see him live for the first time. Uh, it's the first time they were actually able to see each other recently because uh, his father was incarcerated from when he was three years old all the way to now. So uh, that was um, very emotional for him and, and really good for that family to be re reunited like this. Yeah, and it, it was cool that he had the opportunity to see his fun son finally fight in, on the biggest stage in the UFC. So proud moment for dad. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, no, I was uh, impressed. Uh, even when you have a, a dislocated toe, often it looked like he was taking his other foot and sort of, smoothing it out so it would go back into position uh that's got to be distracting while you're trying to fight another guy yeah yeah because you feel that now oh, my toes popped out so let me just try to fiddle with it with my other foot as i'm fighting a guy yeah yeah always fun you gotta <laughs> love the fight game yeah uh okay the flyweight fight between matthias nicolau and tim elliott was a great battle uh, Elliot is a veteran of this sport and has been around forever. Uh, with his first takedown, he became the 24th fighter in USC history with 50 plus takedowns. Uh, he won that first round pretty handily, uh, but then looked like he lost those next two rounds on the judges scorecards. Um, Nicolau now has a four fight win streak. He made some adjustments. He said between that first and second round, and was able to be the better fighter uh, going forward. Yeah, it was pretty clear because in the first round, when you fight a Tim Elliott, it, you got to get used to that movement. It's weird. It, it doesn't even make sense the way that he attacks you. It, it's just all very off-putting. It feels mm -hmm. like the timing is off. So he took him around to figure out the man's timing. And then once he did in the second and third rounds, all of a sudden his counters were exceedingly crisp against yeah. Tim Elliott and he was attacking the body more uh, because 
Tim Elliott actually has great head movement, hard to hit his head, so he just kept attacking the body. Very smart and cerebral approach by Nicolau as he went into the second and third rounds. Yeah, Elliott's um, movement is so awkward and weird. Uh, it would be very difficult to prepare for a guy like that and fight a guy, but amazing that he was able to make those adjustments in between rounds. Uh, that's you know what the coaches are usually yelling at them for, what the announcers are. Fans are, hey, what change change your approach? What are you doing? And uh, quite often you're left frustrated because the guy doesn't. But uh, great to see that a guy has that much ability to completely change the game plan after one round. Yeah, and he's to see that he's actually that good, that he can actually do that, that he can see, he can see, he can see through all the weird, weird movement that Tim Elliott does and know where he can actually start to pick his spots, where he can try to attack the man. We talked about the uh, change in rankings, the switch from Mackenzie Dern and Marina Rodriguez, uh, six to four. This one should go from 11 to nine. Tim Elliott coming in at nine. Nicolau coming in at 11. I think Nicolau will enter that top 10 now, and Tim Elliott will drop down a little bit. Uh, the women's flyweight fight between Maria Agapova and Sabina Mazo uh, finally ended in an early submission in the third round. Uh, Agapova is um, just so uh, quick. Like, once she got that knockdown, I couldn't believe how quick she just jumped over and put that rear naked choke on, and it was just over, tap, 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 like, uh, just, woof, jumping on, like, uh, like a fat kid on a Smarty. It was just like, boom, 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 done. It was incredible. It was fast. It was uh, killer instinct. Definitely jumped in there on her for that uh, particular finish because once she rocked her with that overhand right, and that was a huge right hand that she rocked her with, and didn't try to ground and pound or anything, just immediately went for the rear naked choke for the finish, locked it up, all she wrote. Her stand-up looked amazing throughout yeah. the course of this fight. Uh, her distance management was spot on. She was in and out. She struck She struck Mezzo and didn't get struck as she was exiting. Uh, it was perfect. Great was, win by Agapova. It was incredible. And um, we've got uh, the 50K bonus for Agapova. Uh, and then we've got uh, Rodriguez and Dern got 50K also for the fight of the night. And uh, we've got a Vancouver girl. Lupi Godinez uh, also got a 50K performance of the night. We'll talk about her fight in a second. Uh, all women getting uh, the bonuses on this card. Yeah, it was good to see. It's good to see. I, I, this is one of those rare cards where a lot of the female fighters were uh, more highlighted for this particular fight night. So it was, it was good to see that uh, the ladies putting in work and uh, getting, uh, getting those bonuses. Uh, okay, the uh, opening fight on the main card had a bantamweight battle between Chris Gutierrez and Felipe Colares. Uh, really amazing performance by Gutierrez and getting a, a huge victory there. El Guapo uh, really just uh, was able to use um, really good lateral movement and uh, stopping Kolaris from getting the takedowns that he was looking for, uh, I, th I thought Gutierrez was just uh, one of the best movers 
I've seen in a long time, just able to stay out of any harm's way. Yeah, he was able to do that. His takedown defense was excellent. And uh, his two main weapons were the jab and the leg kick, leg kick to the calf. And he utilized those two things to extreme effectiveness. He was definitely the more efficient striker out of the two. Um, Colaris threw out volume, but he wasn't efficient with his striking, whereas Gutierrez threw what he knew he would land. And that's what that was the difference, I thought, in the fight. Yeah, you're right. Um, Yeah, he's just such a good counter striker, amazing movement. Uh, Those calf kicks are lethal. Some of the best calf kicks in the in the game. Um, He has a six fight unbeaten streak now out of Factory X. um, He pointed out his coaches after and was very emotional and said that they have actually saved his life. Once he joined this team and, uh, you know, started on this path, uh, he was uh, lauding his coach, Mark, and just saying, like, you know, thank you so much for saving my life and enabling me to have this great life that I'm leading right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to see uh, the fighters pay it back to the coaches that are more, so important to them, so important to their development in the sport, and then just so important to, for them just growing up and being the person who they were striving to be in the first place, to be the best that they can be. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, on the uh, the featured fight of the prelims had Alexander Romanov just proving that he is one of the best heavyweight fighters on the planet, continuing his unbeaten streak, getting the uh, knockout victory. Uh, this guy's a big boy, but can really, really move. King Kong, the wrecking machine, just wow, uh, just super dynamic guy. And once he locks onto you, he's just going to keep throwing you around like a ragdoll. And that, that's what he did to Bandera. Yeah. Just chained him to takedown after takedown after takedown till finally got, up, got on top of him, round and pounded him out for the win. But uh, it was just, it was an utter domination. Of Romanov against Vandera. Vandera really didn't have a chance at any point in time in this fight. Yeah. Uh, He has ended all his fights really early. His longest fight ever was 12 minutes and 17 seconds. This one didn't even make 10 minutes. Uh, Relentless ground and pound and just, uh, yeah, just showed his superiority. Uh, Vandera is a big boy. uh, He had to cut down in weight to make weight. And uh, he still just threw him around like he was nothing. It was uh, he is one strong, incredibly strong guy. Yeah, he's, he's he's strong like a bull. Like that guy is super strong. And he is able to toss Vandera around like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. So, and that that's that's a pretty heavy sack of potatoes. He uh, he has a four fight winning streak. The only uh, the only three fighters that have a longer active winning streak in the heavyweight division are Marcin Tubora, Francis Ngannou, and Cyril Gane, who's the champ. Uh, Tom Aspinall and Chris Dawkins also have four fight uh, win streaks in that heavyweight division. So uh, pretty pretty impressive. He's starting to. Uh, Make his way onto main card soon. Romanov, uh, I think he'll start seeing some really tough opponents now. Uh, yeah, wow. Um, he definitely did not disappoint his fans there. Uh, this fight between Charles Rosa and Damon Jackson, the leech, was 
Uh, a phenomenal battle, I thought. A great featherweight fight. Um, these these two are really talented, uh, very quick, and uh, it was it was great. Uh, I couldn't believe the blood that was pouring out of Damon Jackson's face when he got that cut from that up elbow. Uh, a great strike that was thrown, and um, it was surprising that uh, it lasted the whole entire three rounds because uh, more blood was pouring out of his forehead than, and then uh, I don't even know what to say. Like, whoa, the blood was just gashing out of there. Yeah. It was like a lake of blood. It really was like it went, especially when they were sliding in it. And I was just like, Oh, wow. That's a geyser. That's a geyser. <laughs> and uh, there was always the chance of it stopping because of how much blood was coming out of the cut. But when you saw it, actually, when they did, when there was a stop in the action, you saw the cut. It actually didn't look that bad. Right. It actually didn't look that bad. But regardless, Jackson wins, and he wins off of his superior grappling. Yeah. That's, that's what got him the win. Uh, Rosa was found it very hard to get out from underneath Jackson because once he got underneath Jackson, he usually stayed there for the round. So a uh, great win by Jackson, even with uh, him uh, bleeding a lake of blood to get the victory. <laughs> yeah. You thought he was going to gas out and uh, he, um, yeah, he, he was able to keep at it. Uh, he actually got cut from the UFC and he was uh, back on the regional circuit for four and a half years, was able to uh, get an eight and two record and with seven finishes when he was on the uh, local circuit around Oklahoma and Texas uh, he's so happy that he's back in the UFC. He just thanked all the brass and all the people involved in the UFC for giving them him that opportunity again. He's got four little girls and a wife, and uh, he definitely has a lot of mouths to feed, uh, trying to cash in some bigger paychecks than he was making regionally. Yeah, yeah. Well, for a man like that, getting to the UFC is uh, life-altering. So hopefully... This time around, he can stick for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Lupita Lupi Godinez uh, faced Silvana Gomez Juarez. Uh, Lupita is a local girl from here. She fights out of Titan MMA in Coquitlam. Uh, she uh, grew up in Mexico and then uh, moved to Vancouver area uh, a few years ago and uh, looked phenomenal. Got 50K for. Uh, her incredible uh, submission win, uh, six and one in the UFC, and uh, looking strong. Oh no, she looked great in this particular fight. Uh, what she looked like to me was she looked like she was the bully in this particular fight. When she got her arms around Gomez Juarez, uh, Gomez Juarez wasn't going anywhere. Uh, Gudinez was clearly the superior grappler in this fight, and. Uh, Unfortunately for Gomez Juarez, she made a mistake once uh, once uh, Goodness had her back. She should have rolled to her right instead of to her left, where where Gunez was locking up for a potential arm armbar. If she had rolled that way, which she did, so she basically rolled right into an armbar. Yeah, and then that was it. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah, uh, she was very emotional talking about her coach. Uh, her coach. Uh, uh, thought he was unable to make it. His father has uh, really had some bad health concerns. 
that the family is attending to and uh, fighting for his life. I understand uh, his coach, uh, her coach finally decided uh, he was going to do it. Uh, he spent less than 24 hours in Vegas coming there, helping her get that win. Uh, she was in tears, uh, thanking him so much. Uh, his name is Nabil Salome. Um, really, really, really courageous uh, for him to uh, go and help his student and help her get this win and make it back in time uh, to deal with his father. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome that he was willing to sacrifice that much for her. And she obviously truly realizes that and cares about it. So uh, good, good on him to be able to do that and then take care of his uh, personal affairs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we wish the best. Uh, yeah. I'm going to contact Titan MMA this coming week and see if I can get uh, Lupita on for a uh, podcast. Uh, it'd be really great to talk to her. Uh, she's emerging up the ranks in that women's strawweight division. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, she's good. She's really good. And she's strong for the division. Very, very strong. You're right. Yeah, she sure is. Yeah. Uh, the fight that started the, uh, the festivities, uh, Steve Garcia, he got rocked on uh, three occasions. He got knocked down. He was in big trouble. Uh, but once he got the fight to the ground, uh, he just, uh, just dominated with ground and pound and was um, able to get the force stoppage, uh, got the knockout victory um, halfway through the second round. Um, yeah, like, oh, I couldn't believe how many times he, he got rocked and hit the canvas, but he got up and, and uh, went for the takedowns and got him and finally got the win. That just goes to show what a vet needs to do sometimes when plan A doesn't go to, go to form. Yeah. So there's a plan B. Um, he was getting lit up on his feet. So he decided to take it to the ground and then take control of the fight through that. He was able to do that. And his ground and pound, especially the elbows that he was delivering, vicious, yeah. vicious, vicious stuff. So vicious. And got the stoppage in the second round for the TKO win. Yeah. Okay, well, um, great card. Uh, great to cover it. Uh, we've got... Another uh, card uh, earlier start uh, on next Saturday at the Apex as well. Uh, also, females uh, highlighting and headlining uh, Aspen Ladd and Norma Dumont are the uh, main event uh, next weekend. Aspen Ladd was kicked out of a fight a couple weeks ago because she couldn't make weight. Uh, she's given an opportunity here now. Um, what do you think we're going to see in this one? Oh, hopefully we see her make weight <laughs> so we can have a fight. So yeah. uh, hopefully that, that, that happens. But I, I, I expect a, a, a good tilt between the two ladies here. Nice. Um, I mean, and I, I expect a really good fight. And also, too, I expect Ashland to be coming out like uh, guns blazing because she was you know, somewhat embarrassed by the fact that she didn't make weight for her last fight. Yeah. Uh, we've got the veteran uh, Andre Arlovsky fighting Carlos Felipe, who comes in 11-1. and one. Uh, Should be an amazing battle between Julian Marquez and Jordan Wright. Uh, I think that's uh, shaping up to be the fight of the night, and uh, I, I can't wait for those two guys to go to battle. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I believe that those two will be the fight of the night. I think that's going to be a barn burner. It's going to be one heck of a fight between those two. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, always uh, great to look ahead and uh, look behind at some great USC action. Uh, let's finish this off with a couple 
of NBA notes. Um, the Raptors, Kem Birch just announced that uh, himself, his wife, and his daughter have all tested positive for COVID. It just came out a few hours ago. Um, hope the best for them. Uh, it's, it's sad when you hear about uh, little ones uh, even getting it. Yeah, but luckily, you know, when, when the kids get it, it's not as serious as what it can be for an adult. So hopefully for the family, they get over their COVID very quickly and uh, they get back to being healthy, healthy, healthy people. Yeah. Uh, ben Simmons is reportedly really in heavy talks to return to the Sixers. Uh, do you think we see him back there very soon? Uh Surprised to be honest with you, I thought he was put his foot. I thought he was put his feet down, and he was not going to move on that. But um, possibly, I, I don't. I don't think. He, you know what? No, I, I think it's still going to take a couple more weeks of negotiation before he does decide to join the team. But uh, I'm interesting. I'm interested to see how the team receives him once he mm -hmm. does come back. Uh, mentioning the Raptors, a uh, really good video of Nick Nurse, uh, the Raptors coach, giving out 100 meals to Toronto families on Thanksgiving. Uh, I'll post that on the website. Uh, and then uh, about COVID, we talked about Ken Birch getting it. Um, Andrew Wiggins uh, relented and got his COVID shots and now can play. Uh, but Kyrie Irving is standing pat and saying he's not getting them. Uh, and so now Steve Nash has come out and said that the Nets uh, realize that Kyrie will not be playing any home games this year. Uh, and they'll have to just shuffle him into certain road games that they can play. Um, pretty tough on, on Nash and this whole entire team, having your uh, one of your main shooting guards uh, not in there and uh, not able to play any home games. Yeah, it's yeah, it really puts the organization in a spot because, well, what do you do? Like you, even if you look at trading him, well, would that team be like, well, great, so I can only have him for half half the season? Like you know, like I don't know if I want to deal with that. Like if, I, if I'm another GM for another team, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I don't want to deal with any of that. You guys can keep. It. I'm good. You know, so yeah. it, it it sucks, and also too. For the mere fact that Kyrie Irving is not Andrew Wiggins. You're not going to talk that guy into doing anything. Anything. So if he says he's not going to do it, he is never going to do it. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, it's pretty tough. Uh, it's definitely putting uh, yeah the, the Nets in some tough light. Uh, being uh, actually favorite to win it all. Uh, Lakers have now sort of uh, surpassed them as the favorite. But um, – yeah, it's tough. Uh, you know, he convinced uh, Kevin Durant to go there. He convinced uh, James Harden to go there. Many veterans to uh, get that roster to the point of being a title contender. And and now he's just he's not willing to to bend his rules and uh, and and play. Uh, it's crazy that uh, yeah, this you know this could drag on for a long time. And uh, you know this is really hampering their ability to. Um, get a championship this year. Well, of course. If, if one of your best players is simply goes, yeah, yeah, I'm good. You know, I'll, I'll just play road games, kind of. And then because <laughs> like, even if you make the playoffs, well, you still don't have that guy for any of your home games in the playoffs. 
you know, like it's, uh, yeah, not not the greatest situation for the Nets. No. Not at all. No. Well, okay, man. Well, this was a blast. Thanks for doing this early. Uh, I can't uh, thank you enough. And uh, I hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving dinner tonight. And uh, in about 24 hours from now, uh, we're going to be having lunch together uh, on set working again. And uh, yeah, this is amazing. Uh, a long time coming. We we sure enjoyed ourselves uh, before when we worked together in film industry. And and here it comes again. Uh, we, we're back. This is going to be a blast. Yeah. Dynamic Duel is back again. We're back. Yes. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun, man. Yeah. I look forward to seeing you, obviously, tomorrow and seeing the rest of the guys. We're going to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, man. Well, enjoy your afternoon. Have a great evening. And, um, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow morning. All right. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Okay, see buddy. you later. Cheers. Bye for now. Okay. Wow. Yeah, less than 24 hours from now. Uh, yeah, we're going to be back working together as colleagues. Um, this has been a great uh, almost year and a half that him and I have been doing this. And um, yeah, it's so great to get an opportunity to talk sports with them every Monday. But um, now we're going to be able to do it, uh, like I guess, uh, five days a week in person. And it's going to be a blast. Uh, uh, one of the greatest humans on the planet. Uh, one of my favorite people. And and uh, as you can see, uh, uh, super, super great guy. And um, yeah, thanks a lot much for tuning in. As always, appreciate your support. Um, tell your friends, tell your family. And uh, speaking of support, uh, let's support our um, partners and sponsors. Uh, we've got Anchor FM, the easiest place to make a podcast. Just go to Anchor FM and you can do what Jason and I just did. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we've got Verbero the uh, hockey equipment and apparel company, industry leader in technology, performance, and value. The V350 stick is something you need to get in your hands. Uh, Pampas and Possibilities, of course. Uh, they do uh, installations in your home uh, from really West Coast amazing things. Uh, and then Forever Living, the aloe vera company for health and beauty products. So thanks as always. Appreciate your support and go to our website, completemedianetwork.com or completesportsmedia.com and um, yeah, support them. Uh, check out our content, new things emerging every day. We've got great, great, great stuff. So love you guys lots. Take care of yourself. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Take care of yourself and bye for now.